everybody, David Donaldson here along with Joe Martin for another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. Today, I'm fortunate to have Joe with me because Joe's kind of the financial wizard of what's going on around here. No, I I joke, uh, but there's a real speciality to understanding numbers. Like I can understand spreadsheets, I can go into a deep dive, but understanding investments and invest in, in people and capital in business and what that means, I think is really, really important. We're been a crazy time over the last couple of years. And then when you turn into the microcosm of what was the end of last year and into this year, interest rates going up, right? And then coming down, but going up, but the cost of capital. We're talking about not necessarily buying the business of the individual agents, but when we look bigger than that. We look at how disruptive people came into the industry over the last couple of years, right? The businesses that were coming in because what's at the core of all this all is that there's a lot of money in commissions. So a lot of companies came in from a disruption thing. How do we disrupt the business, set aside the expense of commissions and pocket all that money? So you saw a lot of venture capital money come in and buying business, buying territory, buying people, right? There's a reason that happened, but there's also a reason why that's struggling. And we're seeing a lot of that changing, right? So we can talk about debt loads. We can talk about investment. We can talk about capital and we can understand finances. And I think it's important that the individual business owners, the rainmakers, the team makers, the people that are in brokerages understand what big business truly does mean to our business, which are hundreds of thousands of individual businesses. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. You know, when, when you look at the real estate industry, the big disruption was, um, you know, Compass getting backed by SoftBank and throwing all this capital into buying agents, right? And yeah. I think that you know there was this whole idea of like fighting for the commission. And I, I personally think that fighting the commission game is a losing battle because the market of it's really not that much. So, like for instance, all right, let's let's say this: there was about six thousand six. What was it? Six million transactions last year, roughly, give right. or take. So six million times, let's say an average price point of three hundred and fifty thousand, right? Let's okay. just use that, right? So I got the little E thing on my thing here. Uh, so we got okay, and then let's say that that's the volume, and then you times that by point zero two seven five as an average commission. You've got fifty seven trillion in like commission dollars, right? Um, but now you see that drop down to like 4.5 million is the estimated units closed next year, right? Yeah. Um, or this year, rather, 2023. So the f- the fluctuation of commissions will go back to like the economy. But here's the thing that I think that most of the disruption with venture capital come into. They're, tr- they're fighting for the management of the home, right? That like if you think about that's how many homes traded, right? Right. Okay. And even in a down market, how homes do sell, right? So you talk about and, and what we know to be true in this market, we're we're in a there's just not enough homes. Right. We yeah. touched on that previous week. There's just not enough transactions right now to sustain the, the business for a lot of people. So even though it's gonna drop, however, homes will still trade. Yeah, I'm not, I think like, yeah, the homes will still trade because people are gonna have to move because you got like the five D's, what is it? diamonds, diapers, divorce, death, and downsizing. I think I, I might be missing one here. So, yeah, people are going to trade, like, deployment. homes, uh, their deployment. Um, yeah, so people are going to move and stuff like that. But, like, I think you're, you're also talking, like, what's going to impact, obviously, the home sales. And this is where I go to two different conversations. One, we're going to talk about cost of capital, and that's really right. what this episode is going to be about. But, like, you hit on a good point of, like, 
you know, disruption with venture capital, which actually goes into their ability to grow, right? So when you look at um, the money that came in with Compass, what I think is absolutely fascinating, I have a colleague of mine sent me a text uh, about uh, this this company whenever its stock price goes down. So we'll leave those names out. Their stock, the stock price is sub $2.50, right? And their debt is about a billion. They have a billion dollars in debt. What's fascinating is if you look up anywhere, now the formerly Realogy, their stock price is at like six and a half, six and a quarter, uh, and they've got 2.5 billion in debt, right? So what's fascinating to me is that how does anywhere have roughly three times the stock price with 1.5 billion more in debt? Well, where that comes to is value. And this is where cost of capital comes into. Uh, oh, and let me land this plane. So I, once again, do I think that commissions are something to be fighting over? No, I don't think it commissions. Eventually, there's going to be some efficiencies brought in. There's going to be consumers that have a say in it. And the whole commission game will be re recreated. But I think if, you, if I was a betting person and I had my real estate hat on and saying that I want to be in real estate the rest of my life, I wouldn't be thinking about my next commission. Yeah, I need to sell homes. I need to list homes. I need to do all that type of stuff. But I'd be looking at diversifying my income streams because I think at some point, we saw it in brokerage. Yep. Brokerage commissions are you know somewhere around 8% of GCI, right? So total GCI comes in, 100 bucks comes in in GCI. Brokerage is retaining roughly about $8 of $100 to come in, right? So the margin's getting squeezed because the agents are like, hey, the broker is my service provider. I don't see that much value for whatever reason that is. So I'm going to squeeze and demand more of the dollar come to me. Well, the next person, that chain of command, the consumer still has to pay the title insurance. They still have to pay the mortgage. They still, all these things, all these jobs are created because the consumer is paying them, right? Yeah. Well, eventually there's going to be consolidation. There's going to be efficiency. And who do you think is going to get squeezed on the commissions that trade on a home after the brokerage doesn't have any more to give out? It's going to be the agent, right? So I'd be looking at what is in the home ownership experience, what services, what maintenance providing, like whatever you want to call it, around the home, right? Because I need to figure out what's best for the consumer. And most consumers right now have zero idea how to maintain their home. Hence, they have to outsource all of it. So that's where the money is going to be at. So that's that piece, which is a totally different rabbit hole. So I digress and we'll get back into cost of capital, <laughs> right? So you get into cost of capital. The reason that this company backed by SoftBank, was able to go out and spend the ridiculous amount of money to go recruit talent was because cost of capital was near zero, right? So over the past 14 years, we have had an environment where borrowing, let's just use a 30-year fixed mortgage, has been sub 5%, right? So when you get into, I'll call it, it, it's the abbreviation for weighted average cost of capital is WACC. So if you ever see that, an acronym, that's what it means. So over the past 12 months, the weighted average cost of capital has been roughly 6%, um, give or take a few. You know, once you fit, figure in like cost of capital, what was your opportunity cost and your carrying cost, there's all kinds of settlement costs, like all the different costs, right, that come into borrowing money. It's about 6%. Um, over the past, that was 12 months ago. We're now in somewhere between 9 to 10% weighted average cost of capital. Right? Yeah, and that's a, a radical change in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to cause huge problems, right? I mean, you can specifically see it inside of real estate because if I've got, you know, I got a 3.75% interest rate on my home and I currently see just shy of seven, 
yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. All right. So that causes inventory issues. But here's the thing about weighted cost average of capital and like the compass thing was that compass was able to go out and grow. They, they were, they valued growth. That was the value that they put it on. When you have a weighted average cost of capital that's in nine to 10% range, your value is no longer growth because that growth is too expensive to do, to go out and buy and spend money on. And it doesn't create the efficiencies because actually every growth unit costs you more money and it's actually affecting your profitability. So right now, when you see low weighted areas, uh, weighted average cost of capital environments like we've had over the past 14 years, um, you see a lot of growth and that growth is usually acquiring buildings, acquiring businesses, acquiring people. You're showing out a lot of cash because your growth spurs more profitability, right? But when you get into an area where it's nine to 10%, right? That growth actually impedes your efficiencies and actually erodes your profitability, right? All right, so they, they were investing in people, essentially you know, buying sales. Right. They are investing in technology and building it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so their their infrastructure was incredibly expensive. Yeah. Right. And then that got too expensive because the cost of labor mm -hmm. right, went down. Their stock price suffered according. So their debt loads went higher. And the amount of sales and transactions were doing continued to go down. So the, all the money they invested in sales up front to buy market share didn't support. So they went over three. Well, I think the funny one on the, the last part. No, they were. Yeah, they weren't. We'll get off of um, of, of this uh, this business entity. Uh, but what's interesting is that a lot of that business practice was to say, "Hey, and I, I don't hate it. It's actually a great business model." If I said, "Hey, Dave, I'll give you a hundred grand up front. You got to be with me for five years, and I know that over those five year period, every year you're going to give me a hundred thousand. You're telling me you wouldn't shell out a hundred thousand to make five hundred thousand over five years? No, it's a brilliant business model." challenge that they got there is that they just shelled out capital for people. And because the units are down, they betted, they bet that that person would maintain that sales volume. And right now they're not right. So when it, you take out that company, go to tech companies, right? Tech companies are growth companies that always need capital because technology is expensive. And so is the people that build it. Right. Well, if you get into an area where you got nine to 10%, uh, it really erodes their profitability and they're burning through capital. Right. So they actually have to rethink their growth, growth investments. And right now, with weighted average cost of capital being at you know, nine to 10 percent, what actually has to happen, you're actually seeing it right now. You see it with Meta, you see it with IBM, you see it with any of your big tech plays, Amazon, they're all laying people off. So what they're doing is when you have a high cost of capital um, environment, you have to lay people off because it's hurting your profitability and you have to maintain the profit. You have to maintain the cash so that you can maintain your operations, which means you have to reinvest and refocus on other things, mainly productivity. So what's going to happen, because history repeats itself, is that when you have high interest rates like this, you're going to see people lay off because they can't invest in the growth anymore. They've actually got to go make money. And they're going to cut those costs and they're going to go back to the employees and they're going to say, you got to do less, you got to do more with less. And that's going to force productivity. And what's also going to do is trim expenses. It's going to say, hey, I can't, I'm not growing like I used to do because I was buying the, the revenue or whatever it may be. So now I got to go back and trim the fat and I got to get more effective with my people. So you're basically going to put a load on the business to be more, to trim the fat, be more effective. And that's what's going to have to happen. And I think everybody's seeing that, especially in real estate. You're saying like, Hey, cut your costs. Cut your costs. 
Well, you know what? You know, really gets interesting to plan. I think this will probably, probably continue to weave itself in the conversation that we have each week is, is, is AI, right? So when you look at AI, what is that able to do? That's able to shift the way from that high cost leverage for the amount of man hours that you may have to supply in a low productive position. Right, so the people that, whose role that struggle to understand what AI is going to do, it's going to change the ground for the people at those those positions that are doing the everyday work, right? Mm-hmm. Right, we, the, we could call it the shallow work, right? The the everyday stuff that has to get done, but now we're automating that side of things. So when you talk about the cost of overhead, what AI is able to do is able to offset of that a lot of that cost from people, right? So you have to be able to provide value above and beyond the day-to-day shallow yeah. work of what's going on because they're looking at their cost, their cash, and their debt, and their cost, essentially their cost of capital, and understanding that why this is moving so quickly. Now, it's going to radically change, and who knows what will be two to five years from now in utilization of artificial intelligence, right? Yeah, and I mean, so... Uh, we're, we're on a very loaded topic. It can go all kinds of different ways, yeah. like interest rates and things like that. Uh, but let's just... It's a it's a cycle, and history repeats itself. And I, I you know, when I'm done being creative and uh, special, because I'm not right. I'm just like look at history; just repeats, just different people. What will happen every time there's been a spike in interest? There's layoffs. So what happens is layoffs happen, cut costs. Because what two things when you have high interest rates? This is like macro level, like Fortune 500 companies. They are going to lean in to figure out better product productivity for their current people right? Or their current technology, they're going to find productive, they're going to get highly productive, and then they're going to cut costs, right? And when you do highly productive things and cut costs, what's going to happen is cause innovation, right? Because when we are strained, people change because of strain. Like there's, there's actual like physical friction that like causes change, right? And then innovation happens, right? And because we know interest rates go up, it's going to cause a recession, right? And a recession, once again, is nothing bad. It's two quarters of uh, consecutive negative GDP growth. And when you see that, people cut costs and they lay people off. So then you start to have a recession come in. But because you have higher interest rates, the lever by the Fed will then be to lower interest rates that then spurs growth again. So you constantly have this cycle of if we get too hot, we want to maintain the economy, we increase interest rates, so cost of capital goes up, which means people can't spend as much money anymore, which then causes them to go internal to be more productive to then cut costs and trim the fat. And then once they be more productive and trim the fat, all of a sudden, now the lever of growth comes in and then you spur another growth level, right? So it just constantly goes like this. So the main thing to realize is that you're in a cycle now where you've got to get more productive and you got to cut costs. So everybody that's in real estate, go f- go be more productive, meaning you probably have to get on the phone, means you might have to uh, circle prospect, you might have to do door knock, you might have to do the stuff you didn't like to do because you got to get more productive and you got to cut your expenses. So that might mean that you cut an admin or you cut uh, a lead generation thing. I don't know what that may be. You can't cut your way to profitability, but you got to figure out how do I get more productive with what I got today and are there things that maybe I cut and maybe I redeploy them into something else and that's what's going to happen and then eventually interest rates will come down and we'll see another growth phase, but this is just cycling through history. But I think it's understanding that when capital gets expensive, I focus on productivity and a cutting of costs has to happen because that's just history. It's what happens. And that's a pretty good synopsis of what's happening, right? Yep. Right, and, and that's I think a lot of people look at that and they struggle to 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 digest these things. But you kind of summed it up pretty good. At the end of the day, you've got to grow, and the lack of growth, you've got to invest in production productivity that is 
right? And that productivity is as simple as talking to people. Yeah. Right. You've got a bank on, and a lot of that people say, hey, well, we got to go back to the basics. Well, the basics are always there, but we're, we're always, because we have money, because we might be doing well in business, we're always looking to simplify things a little bit more. But when things get tough, the most simplest thing is doing what has always worked. It's getting in front of the consumers, talking to people, and building those relationships, right? There's no silver, silver bullet. I think most of the time what really frustrates me um, is the conversations I have. Well, what's the silver bullet? What's going to make it easy? There is nothing that's going to be easy because if it was easy and it was available, everybody would do it, right? So my response is, okay, go be more productive, which means go do the work. Like, stop looking for some Band-Aid. Stop looking for some something come out of left field that's going to make your life easier. You just said it. Go talk to more people. How you go about doing that, there's millions of ways to go talk to more people. But that's the one thing that nobody else wants. So when everybody wants to go right, everyone's looking for the silver bullet. Everyone's going right. Go left. So if everyone's telling me that I want the silver bullet, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want it easy, I want it easy, I want it easy, I want it easy. You know what? Then I want hard because there's going to be far less people over here which means that's where my opportunity is going to be. And if I know what's happening, that's all education is. It's all That's all why we're on this podcast is education and value, right? right? If you know that there's going to be a push on productivity and a push on cutting costs and all this type of stuff, and we know an, an economic recession is going to come, stop burying your head in the sand. Stop looking for the easy button that everybody else is asking for. Go build it yourself. Go do the work. Go do the things that have actually made you successful prior to this, Right. Get back to that because if you can take market share now, you'll control the market when you actually have the expansion. And then you can eviscerate, sorry, that's a little aggressive, but you can eviscerate (laughs) your competition, right? And that's what I'm talking about is like, go do that work that nobody else wants to do because that's the play, right? I think that when we look at the the industry as a whole and those that have been through challenges that have been in business for a while, seeing the cunning of those that haven't are going to struggle the most. And those are the ones that haven't put in the work through the last recession, right, are the ones that are going to get out of the business now, right? So there's a history to say, hey, look, you've been here before. You know how to get out of this. Yeah. Right? You got to you got to do the work, right? You just don't like the, the answer. That's no. Is. You're right. Like the answer. But like, I want the easy button. No, there's no easy button. Just go do the work. The easy button is do the work. Yeah. Right? Technology is leverage. And like you said, or, you know, in the previous conversations that that continues to evolve. Right. And so that you have to constantly be looking at your business and, you know, thinking about what's next for you. But if you are focused on what's going on in front of you and not reacting, but being proactive and understanding the market, like every every market in every area is is incredibly different. Like there are times where we're all good and we're all bad. But right now we're seeing a mixed bag. Right. There's some areas that are still really, really strong. Right. Prices in some areas, I think I last I saw last week was that 50% of all listings are still selling above list price. Well, that means 50% are below or at, right? That comes down to how are you marketing the home? How are you marketing the business? And what is the understanding of the consumer of what's real value in a, in a particular property at this point in time? Which I don't think, I mean, to, to stay on topic with our cost of capital discussion, you're not, you're probably going to, you know, the Fed came out and they're not going to raise any more rates this, this year. Let's see if he follows that. Okay. <laughs> but um, but and at the same time, you get inventory issues, and you've got price. You're still gonna have price appreciation because you have the inventory issues. And Correct. the only benefit that you're gonna have is that okay, maybe you're at six and a half interest is certain. You know, six and a half is the interest rate for three year fixed. Um, so uh, you're you're that capital is still gonna protect 
the cost of capital there is still going to protect the pricing of the home because you've got inventory there. But it's just going to it's going to get people to think differently about when they move, what they buy, how they negotiate the structure. And it's not going to have as many buyers. You're still going to have buyers if people need to live somewhere. But that cost of capital is actually better for the economy because it causes the, the fat to be trimmed. It causes efficiencies. It causes more productivity. And it's actually what's necessary because when there's easy, cheap money, anybody can do it. And this is where the true craftsmen, the true business people come out. Right. Well, and that, and that, again, that always goes back to look. Here's what we know, right? People are getting out of the business, which will be more business for the rest of the people that stayed in the business. But you've got to put in the work to win that business because it's harder to win that business right now. Yes, hundred percent. You got to do the work. And I think if you take nothing out, the cost of capital forced people that were lazy to get out of the business. And if I was anybody listening to this podcast, if you're anything like me, I'd be excited about cost of capital going up because it means I'm going to have an opportunity because these other people that don't want to work. I'm going to take their lunch and focus on what works, which is the grind, which is the work, which is the consumer, which is the conversations, Correct. right? And then stockpile the business for what's going to come next. Absolutely. And with that, I thanks Dave for facilitating this today. And I think it was just a great conversation about usually numbers that bore the heck out of people with cost of uh, capital and what that means. But uh, I think it was another great value add from a following episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. And, you know, thanks for everybody tuning in. If you give us a follow, give us a like, you know, share it out there. We'd appreciate that as well because we've got more value add discussions like this within business with myself and Dave Donaldson. Have a great day, everybody.